Happy New Year. We are kicking off 2024 with a very special two-part interview. Yeah, it was such a good interview and we just talked and talked for so long and it was so good that I just decided I had to split it into two episodes because <laughs> it's way too long for for just one episode and there's no way I could cut any of it out because you're going to love it. Um my guest today is Christine Taylor. She is a Christian spiritual director specializing in Bible meditation and imaging prayer. Now, if you don't know what these things are, it's also totally fine. She is going to explain all of this to you in these episodes. And we have a fantastic um, conversation just about how do we connect with God better? How do we get deeper into our Bible study? How do we hear clearly from him? How do we know if what we are praying over and the, you know, the the images that we're receiving or things that we are thinking about, how do we know if those things are from God or are of our own creation? And she's got some really great answers for these questions that I've been asking and I know you've been asking as well. And she's going to walk us through her particular, well, it's not her method, but she's going to walk through a method that she helps people learn, which is imaging prayer, um, as well as a few other things that she uses to really connect with God and to um, practice this discipline of hearing and listening and meditating over different aspects of the Bible and applying it to our lives. And it's a really wonderful conversation. You're going to enjoy it. So this is part one, and then we'll come back tomorrow for part two. I hope you're ready. This was such a fun conversation. And I'm so excited to share it with you. Hey friend, welcome to Grow an Online Community. Do you want more authentic engagement in your Facebook group? Are you looking for an easy way to grow your group in less time? Are you wondering how a community can help grow your business? Hey, I'm Sarah. When I started my online business, I struggled to connect with my audience on social media. I tried it all, DM strategies, Instagram stories, and even reels but none of it created an authentic connection that made them want to work with me. But when God asked me to start a Facebook group, I discovered just how incredible this platform was for creating a meaningful community online. In this podcast, we're going to chat about Facebook group growth, engagement strategies, and how to create a meaningful community so you can grow the business God has called you to. So grab a coffee and pull up a chair because it's time to build your community. I know God has put a dream on your heart to build a thriving community, to serve your audience and build deep connections with them. I know you're thinking that a Facebook group could be the way forward, but you're afraid. What if nobody joins? What if people don't care about what you have to say? What if you put in all of this time and effort to create something that falls flat on its face? I have been right there and I felt all of that so deeply. There was a time that I abandoned my Facebook group for four months because I didn't think it was working. But I listened to God. I got clear on His vision. And in less than a year, I have a beautiful community that's so much better than anything I could have hoped for. So wherever you are on your Facebook group journey, if you haven't started yet, if you just started but don't know what to do next, or if you've been at it a while but it just isn't working, God sees you. I see you. And I want you to know that there is a hope and a future for you. I want you to say it with me. 
I am done being too scared to start my group. I am done feeling like my content isn't good enough. I believe that my community is needed and I am ready to create an engaged Facebook group. I want you to say yes to that dream on your heart. I want you to go right now to sarahbeisel.com slash Facebook group foundations and say yes to yourself. And I'm going to be right there with you to walk through this journey to creating a beautiful online community. That's S-A-R-A-H-B-E-I-S-E-L dot com slash Facebook group foundations. Let's do this together. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. I'm so excited to sit down and chat with you. And I should really call you Dr. Chris, I suppose, right? Because you have doctorates, you've got degrees coming out of your ears. I do, but Chris (laughs) is just, people do that though. Even when I tell them not to, you don't have to do that. They do anyway. So you don't have to though, really. Chris is fine. Yeah. Well, you earned the titles as well. Some people, it's like, it's a lot of work you have to go through, whether it's a medical doctor or even just any other type of doctor. It's like, it's a lot of work. I dipped my toe into that world. And then decided it was not for me. And I was like, you know, if I earned it, I'd make people call me doctor. Well, that's fine it. too. <laughs> Let's go with that. Oh, man. Well, that's the first thing I wanted to just explore a little bit because I'm very curious. It's not often that um, it's not often that my the people that I've met in business have a lot of degrees and stuff, which is very cool. And I just, you know, maybe it's just the people that I've connected with. A lot of us are just like, you know, changing things around in our lives. We did one thing and now we're here doing others. And so it's kind of cool when I come across people that have like lots of like fun, formal experience and different things. I'd love to just hear a little bit about your journey in terms of, um, you know, going from where you started to where you are now, because I know it's obviously a little different now where you're at compared to where you started and what that whole process has been like for you. Mm hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's interesting. I never, I haven't thought about that in so long. It's about why I did it that way. Because as you know, I had a a copywriting career uh, Mm -hmm. as a single mom from 2003. I think I finally retired last year at 2020 in 2022. So it was a long Mm -hmm. time. But all along, I felt very called to get those degrees. Now, I'll tell you what, I don't like school. I do well at school. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't like it. So yeah. it's not like I was like, oh, I can't wait to get another degree. But I'm also sort of goal oriented. So I felt at the time too, that I went to Fuller to get my master's, that it mm. was going to be a master's of divinity because I thought I want to be a pastor. Three years in out of the four-year program, I thought, I don't want to be a pastor. And <laughs> I never ever did. I thought they have to work too hard. And I can't stand it when everybody's calling me all the time, <laughs> like, <laughs> leave me alone. And you can't do that. Like that. Okay. But um, after I asked the school, I'd had enough credits to get my MA in biblical studies. So that, well, mm-hmm. that's good. And I never realized actually how much that would help me later, because yeah. even though I never pastored and I said never wanted to, as the years went by, I began to teach Bible studies for women on systematic theology. Mm. So I was able to do that. You don't have to have a degree to be a good Bible teacher. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But for me, because I knew the systematic theology part of it from my biblical studies, I was able to teach that to women's groups. And shall I say this? Um, women's groups don't often have fun Bible studies that are that are systematic theology and doctrine but I can make it fun because I thought it was fun yeah interesting so for 10 years or more um I taught every week 
And that also helped me so much because it helped me to expand mm. my my um, um, academic studies into something that I, I certainly believed wholeheartedly, I always did, but by teaching every week and, oh my gosh, I've got to teach on something. What is it? You're going to learn, right? Yeah. And keep yourself all sharpened up like a blade. And I love, I love my women at my small church and they love me. And it was a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was coming to an end. I didn't know why I just, or how, or, or why I just knew it was nothing was wrong. I just had a feeling it was coming mm-hmm. to an end. Um, and then the uh, pandemic and the shutdown. So I said, mm-hmm. oh, there it is. So, yeah. That's your, that's <laughs> your sign. <laughs> that was it. And then during that time, I think it was in the I think maybe 2010 or 11, 15 or 16, I can't remember. But I thought, okay, I really want to get my my doctorate. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want my PhD because, although that's very cool, that's very academic. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted something more practical because by that time, I wasn't calling myself, I hadn't even thought about being a spiritual director as yet, but I was already a Christian author and a speaker and I was already beginning to experience the first flowering of prophecy in my 50s, which I hadn't had mm-hmm. earlier. And so it came as quite the surprise. I didn't mind it. I wasn't scared of it, but I didn't expect it and had never yeah. looked for it. So I was like, whoa, okay. And I finally thought, like, does should I get my doctorate of ministry? Because it's a practical degrees, mm-hmm. as well as um <clears throat> With the lit reviews, you're still doing intellectual and academic work, but mm-hmm. the emphasis is on is on experiential. Yeah. So I found a seminary that I could do online, but that really actually made you work because the last thing I wanted was a diploma mill. Yeah. I, I couldn't do residency either because of the single mom thing. Mm-hmm. So I found it and... Uh, they took my, my master of arts, of course, and I didn't need to do anything else because of all my years of teaching. Mm, so there's, nice. okay, go ahead and start it. What program are you looking for? And because at that time, the MDiv students could create their own programs subject to approval by the professors. So uh, I thought, how about founding what I'm already doing? A retreat leader, an author. So that meant doing a multi-day retreat for my church. Mm. Um author that meant doing my first nonfiction book speaker uh speaking mm-hmm. and dramatist because I'm also a storytelling actress that meant writing plays and delivering them so mm-hmm. all these wow. things I did for my dissertation so okay. it was just fascinating it was a lot of work but that's where I did all the big things mm-hmm. in a fairly concentrated amount of time well a couple of years but still plus mm-hmm. the lit review so it was wonderful. And I ended up getting my doctor of ministry in Christian spiritual formation with emphasis on creativity. So it was just su- suited my creative little weird soul. Yeah. It's so cool to up. see that you had all these different passions and you were able to use them in the, in the degrees rather than having to just go completely sideways. It's like, it's all really come together so perfectly. That's I love exactly it. exactly right. And then, as I said, either during or directly after, started receiving gifts of prophecy and discernment of spirits, I already had gifts of teaching wisdom and knowledge, which mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for. As I said, this only thing I was really, really not expecting, but but used to. And that's when I started. Wasn't the first, I, I was used to seeing 
godly visions for myself, mm-hmm. which I ended up uh, early, you know, fairly early in my walk, calling imaging prayer. It's actually Christian contemplative prayer using the sacred imagination, which is a real mouthful. So I call it imaging prayer, but that's where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I done that for myself forever, and I I glad to talk a little bit more about what that is and how to do it, but um, I never. Had had experience had seen visions, which are the dreams and visions of the New Testament, very very biblical. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that for anybody else, and then all of a sudden it started happening. And uh, I was just doing it as as God brought it up, and the more I practiced it, the more God brought it up, and then He started He started telling me I need to start doing it for money. I was like, I was telling God who gave me the gift. I can't use this here for money. Like somehow he was mistaken or confused. Um, God was like, yes, you can. And that was a big struggle for me. I got to tell you, but mm -hmm. I finally realized that I needed to, and am charging for um, spiritual direction, which includes the spiritual gifts, helping to lead people through imaging prayer and other means of listening to God at a very deep level. Mm -hmm. And um, also in terms of um, spurring their, their creativity through story and uh, theater. So I can't do everything at the same time. Nobody can. Yeah. Right. So most of the time concentrating on the spiritual direction and writing my books. Uh, I try to do one of those every couple of years, but that's where I am right now. Long wow. way, but you know, I'm, I'll be 70 in February. So I guess I have a lot of experience yeah. going back. Lots that's incredible. About, that's that's so, what I would say. And it's so cool. Just seeing how, like all those different steps to lead you to where you are. And it's, I think as well, like one of the things that I have um, found as a real gap and at the same time benefit where I have found it is having those um, more experienced people spiritually to come and guide and teach and to lead and just have someone to ask questions about. Because I find that it's so hard to find those connections these days, especially in like this post-COVID world. I mean, in the area that I'm in, a lot of the churches really have shrunk and and dwindled out. And oh, there's a lot yes. of, there's just, mm-hmm. I'm finding there's a lot of gaps and people's priorities have changed. And, and like the space that we're in a lot, like churches isn't a priority for a lot of people anymore. So for me, there's mm-hmm. like a big gap in like good mentorship and groups where I get to explore my faith and these kinds of things. And so I think it's wonderful that that's where God has taken you essentially through all these like journeys and you've gone you know every direction around the world and here you are like focusing now on really helping people in that spiritual mm-hmm. capacity which is mm-hmm. I think I'm probably not the only one that feels the way that I do I think it's just a generational thing as well people in my generation and and younger like there's just a void um mm-hmm. that's kind of really hard to fill because <laughs> I don't really know what what's going on with it but um so I didn't really have a question around that I just wanted to observe that I think it's just so valuable that that's the direction that you've ended up going and that's where God's called you to for a very clear reason yes you know I love that and certainly many of the women I just say most at least in my experience who are seeking after a contemplative approach to life which is to their walk which is to be able to really listen to God in silence and anybody can do that by the way extrovert introvert doesn't matter Anyone can learn to do that. But most of them, I would say, again, in my experience, in their 40s and 50s, some of their 60s, I tend to be the oldest person in the room these days, which is a little (laughs) weird for me, but there you are. Uh, But I do have several uh, clients and clients' friends who are in their 30s. Now, they are very mature, like you are. I remember the first talk we had, and you're very mature in your belief, and even your questioning is, is 
plumbing the depths of God and your mm. faith. And you're also very, very good at looking back into your past. And I call that looking at setting the signs and memorials where you go, mm. God did this. Yeah. God did this. God, I remember that very clearly from you. So yeah. it's those kinds of women, you know, but they're, they're looking for someone. And mostly other women, and I think that's probably right when you get to be pretty and pretty spiritually, emotionally intimate. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, there aren't many of me out there. And I don't think of myself that way, really, because I have friends literally of all ages. Mm -hmm. But I, I fulfill that role in some of my younger friends' lives. And that was a big surprise to me. She said yeah. much the same thing as you did. Yeah, well, it's one of the most valuable things of my like older years I suppose was finding like a mentor to connect with for for spiritual things I think I was in my second or just about to start my second year of university so that was I was just thinking 2014 so it's almost been 10 years that me and my mentor have been connected up and we've you know I've been on Skype like at least once a month for 10 years to just oh, do Bible wonderful. studies to talk about things and it's I was just thinking mm -hmm. like I don't know where where I would be without her and so a lot of that maturity probably comes from having had that relationship because I sought it out because I just didn't have it and my pastor was talking about his mentor and I was like oh I want one like I need a mentor I love the idea that you have a mentor that you have just as like a best friend that's outside of your family it's like I need I need that and so that's I just went and got one I just went and found one <laughs> right and that was also the Holy Spirit working in you mm. but you went yeah I do need that yeah. And I'm so glad yeah. for it because I don't know, like, especially with the last few years, like that's been like the most life giving spiritual relationship that I've had because I didn't have a good church for all of COVID. And, you know, yeah. anyway, it's just very interesting. Like, again, looking back at those um, at the, mo the markers of the past, like that was very much a thing that I needed to do 10 years ago so that I could have it now right where I when I needed right. it the most it's so interesting so anyway I want to get into all some of this stuff because I remember thinking back to our conversation and um some of the things that we have been talking about and I want to talk about our how to help people hear from God better or at all because I know that especially the people that I'm connected with in my business circles one of the questions that comes up a lot is like how do I how do I hear from God is what I'm hearing accurate um like how do I know if I'm not hearing like how do I make that better or make that a difference and especially that's something that I've really gone back and forth with myself over the last few years is like I mean hearing things and it's not always been from God and that discernment has been a little tricky to figure out like what yeah. what things should yeah. I be pursuing what things should I not be and so I know that this is something that you are um <laughs> gifted in and you have some some like really great practices and so I'd love to just get into talking about this so what are some things that we can do to start that process of getting more clarity on what is God and what is not? Absolutely. Um, by the way, I'm really good at answering the how. Um, I might forget the how do you know if it's God's voice? Not it's not important, but but this is a forward. I don't want to sound like a humble brag because that's just dumb. Um, <laughs> when I work directly with someone, and it's not me. It's not me. It's simply my calling. Simply the way the Holy Spirit works through me. People know because they're like, oh, that's what it feels like. Okay. So that's not a brag. It's just the Holy Spirit working in power. Okay. But if I forget to answer about how do you know, because that is an important question, please remind me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I will start with how. Um, the There are Richard Foster, who's a great uh, contemplative leader, great speaker, great author. He lists in his book, uh, The Spiritual Disciplines, I think, uh, came out like 40 years ago. And I think you'd love that book if you haven't found it. It's fabulous. Yeah. But two, th these are all the classic spiritual disciplines of the church going back the second century, right? 
it's it's church, it's service, it's Bible study, it's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's also as what he calls one of the uh, two of the inward disciplines, where it's just you and God, and that's where I am. It's meditation and contemplation, two of the big ones. Mm. Now, this is in addition to Bible study, which you also need. That's one of the important, most important disciplines that we have. Meditation, which is Christian and not an Eastern form. In the Eastern forms of meditation, which many Americans do, and I'm not saying it's, it doesn't have some benefits, it does, but it's not Christian, they're different. Mm -hmm. The Eastern meditations ultimately, in their philosophical or religious senses, ultimately seek to detach from the world mm. to the universal unconscious, right? Or the universal conscious, depending mm -hmm. on what how you talk about that. Christian meditation attaches to a person, to God. Mm. And then within God, we attach to the world as he has called us to serve and pray. Mm -hmm. So that's Christian meditation. That's what you do in addition to study. Studying is taking Philippians, right? We all know that. And, and please do it. I teach it. I'm a Bible teacher. Also, you meditate. That's different from studying. You don't start by saying, let's understand the book. Now, you don't want to cherry pick some verse, like go back to Leviticus and go, you know, suffer a witch to live and then decide to meditate on that. That's no. Take a verse or a passage as God highlights it to you, which may be in Isaiah or Psalms or Proverbs, most often in the New Testament. It's fine. Mm -hmm. When you read a word or a verse or a passage, something fairly small, and you hear uh, the stir in your spirit, the Lord going, this, 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 you'll still feel in say, interesting. Like, let's say Romans 12, 2. Um, do not be transformed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 do not be one in this world, but be transformed by the Spirit so that you will be able to test and see how pure and good is the will of God. Now, maybe that's family's first anyway. Maybe that really gets to you and you're like, what does it mean to be transformed instead of in the world? Hmm. Huh. But instead of going to your concordance again, you think, what does it mean to me? Now, I know some people get nervous about that, and rightly so, because we're so we're so independent. We're such pioneers, you know, in the United States and a lot of the Western world, especially in America. Mm -hmm. I learned this way back in seminary. There are three levels of biblical, a, a personal, well, the three levels of biblical interpretation that 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 people will come to, right? The top level, the most important one, is God's sovereign will. This is that God created the world. Mm. This is Jesus Christ came into the world as God and human, right? This is the Trinity. This is the resurrection and the second coming. This is everything yeah. God's sovereign will to save the world. First, you read it in that way. Second way you read it is God's moral will. People can get really hung up. Uh, but there is, of course, biblical morality. Of course there is. But people get really hung up and put morality above sovereign will, which is that God really loves us and really wants to save us, right? But that's mm -hmm. the second layer. Third layer, third priority is his personal will for us. 
was mm-hmm. protected by no the other two. We're not going to leave the Bible. We're not going to get crazy. Yeah. Within that is where meditation appears. So you can say, I know what transform means, the spirit of God, and I'm saved and I'm justified. But Lord, what does that mean to me now when I've got little kids and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to work here and, you know, and my husband and I were basically okay, but we're sniping a lot because we're both so tired and we never sleep. You know, just normal yeah. stuff. Say, how do you transform me and what I'm going through? That's Bible meditation. And then once you ask that and know how to be silent, and that's that's a trick, and I'll talk about that too, because that's a trick. God will start bringing you into the answers. I am transforming you, saying to a young mother who's working from home or, or a job outside, I am transforming you to love. And to depend on me for your strength, because I'm it, baby. I'm it. (laughs) I'm it. I hope you enjoyed part one of this interview with Christine. I have been loving this conversation. Make sure you come back tomorrow for part two, where we continue the conversation about Bible meditation, getting into imaging prayer and what that looks like and what it means for us. It's a really fantastic conversation and it's going to help you improve your spiritual relationship and your faith and make your business better in the process. So we'll see you tomorrow for the rest of this episode. Hey friend, if you loved today's episode, I want to hear about it. Let's continue the discussion in my free Facebook group. Go to sarahbeisel.com slash community and tell me what you thought. I would also love it if you took 30 seconds to leave me a review. Reviews help other women just like you find the show so they can build their communities too. Well, it's time for me to top off my coffee and head inside my group. I'll see you over there or back here next week. Bye.